We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, sponsored by Brooke Says, with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from a conservative perspective. I am your host, Brooke Says. I am a conservative patriot, proud deplorable, and a columnist, which you can find on AmericaOutloud.com. Also, be sure to follow me and connect with me on Twitter, at TalksAmerica, and email BrookeTalksAmerica at gmail.com. We are on AM860, The Answer. I am here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk, who is the former Deputy Director of Intelligence at CENCOM. He also served on the White House National Security Staff and is currently the uh, Chairman of the Hillsborough County Republican Executive Committee. So, from hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America, I will be talking about it. One of the things that we're going to be doing on this show every week is we're going to have a book of the week. We are in a culture war, people, uh, and one of the forefathers of this modern new media culture movement is Andrew Breitbart. And if you will remember, he was one of the people that, un- that exposed, no pun intended, <laughs> the Anthony Weiner pictures, uh, along with Matt Drudge. He says culture, politics is downstream from culture. So if you want to fight the battle in the country to save the country, you need to understand culture. The media, if you think fake news, the media is fake news media, you need to understand what it is that they're doing, how they have their power. Culture includes media, entertainment, academia, even sports now. You can't even watch sports without having some social justice warrior identity politics stuff. So it's very important that we all, when we're fighting this battle, that we all have the same information. And his book was really good. He talks about how he goes, how he went from a pretty standard liberal to a conservative culture warrior. So the book is called Righteous Indignation. And I suggest that you read that. And just to let you know, we are doing, we are all pretty much doing our shows remotely. So if there's a sound issue, you can, that's pretty much what it is. And so we'll be back to normal soon enough. Obviously, we're going to talk about what everybody in the entire country, in fact, the entire world is talking about, which is what? The coronavirus or the Wuhan Chinese virus. Obviously, there's a, you know, situation with political correctness where you can't say that. So I will refer to it as the coronavirus, but it did, in fact, start in China, as you know. And by the way, if you're wondering why, besides whatever the media says that is racist, Trump keeps saying the Chinese virus, it's because the Chinese government was blaming, was doing a propaganda campaign blaming the U.S. Army. But I want to just give a little shout out. To the preppers, because if there's anybody who is being vindicated right now, it's the preppers. They've been mocked. 
vilified, but right now they're being vindicated because they have all of this stuff that everybody else is clamoring for. And I want to give a little sad note um, for America, but apparently pretty happy for Bill Maher and the Democrats, assumably, we are approaching a recession. I don't know if you remember, we have 3.3 million new unemployment claims now because of this, the repercussions of having the entire, entire government shut down, um, both at the federal level, not at the federal level, but at the state and local level in a lot of municipalities. We are approaching recession, so I really hope that Bill Maher is happy. I hope that you'll go on to America Out Loud and uh, read my article about that. You know, it's pretty sad that someone who is so wealthy can actually be cheering for a recession for the American people. But that's, in fact, what it is. And if you're watching carefully enough, you'll see that even though they say that it's horrible, the Democrats on TV and the liberal media, they say how horrible the unemployment numbers are. I have to believe that they're pretty happy about it, right? Because what is it going to show? One month ago, we had numbers that were unmatched in history, right? And now we have 3.3 million unemployment claims. There's only one person that they're going to be pointing to, and that's the president, Donald Trump, because they hate him. They want him to fail. And by proxy, you know, they want the economy to fail, and I hope people are paying attention, including Democrat voters and, of course, independents. Sadly, I think that, um, you know, they don't realize that Democrats also read the news and pay attention and know about what Bill Maher said and what others said, sort of with glee about the fact that this is happening. So one of the things that is being exposed that is that China lied Right. So this virus actually apparently started in November in China and they covered it up and they actually, you know, I don't think it's reported enough. They actually sent a delegation over here in January to meet with President Trump. They already knew. And even though even though it's not talked about, Trump knew and the, and the U.S. government actually knew, too. But they sent a delegation over here, which means they could have potentially put him at risk. And probably the other world leaders who met with him were also at risk, and they didn't say anything. So they have tried to cover it up, and that's one of the reasons that the global situation is as it is, and in particular Italy. And I want to read something that I wrote in my latest column on AmericaOutloud.com, which is Political Correctness Kills. Liberals Choose Woke Over Wisdom. Dr. George Pillow, Giorgio Pillou, a professor of virology and microbiology at, sorry, of the University of Padova, recently said that concerns over politics and being perceived as racist delayed Rome's response to the deadly virus that originated in China. A proposal to isolate travelers coming from China was deemed as racist. Palu told CNN that the Italian government failed by refusing to impose a wider and stricter lockdown earlier on instead of the original restrictions that focused on 11 areas that Rome placed in a red zone. We should have done more diagnostic testing in Lombardy, where there was a big nucleus. Dr. Palou also believes that politics delayed the government's reaction, which he 
decried as lazy in the beginning, saying there is too much politics in Italy. Florence even launched a Hug a Chinese Day initiative after Trump announced China travel restrictions. And as you know, Italy is now the epicenter of the coronavirus sweeping the pandemic, sweeping the globe. The United States is now actually um, worse than China in the numbers, apparently. But political correctness is a big issue as to why Italy had the problem that it had. And it is also, which I'm going to be discussing, part of the reason that New York City has the problem that it has. What do you think, Jim? Well, that's exactly right. And you have to look at the comparisons. Um, There was a great discussion this morning I heard where it focused mainly on the concentration in the areas of New York in the city where uh, the pandemic is really affecting uh, New York as as a state. But when you look at the rest of the state and people were complaining, saying, well, we live in Buffalo, we live in Rochester, we're no different than out in Kansas or Wyoming where the the virus really is having little or no effect and they're concerned that you label New York as all in one and you've got to be a little bit more specific and you have to treat uh, in a medical aspect of it in those situations, uh, the large concentrations of populations. And um, that's one of the things the president has focused on. We have to concentrate where the greatest risk is. And so that's, that's a critical part. Well, exactly. And it goes to show you that this one-size-fits-all prescription is not necessarily effective. So all, all, like the state of Florida, right? The state of Florida is massive, just like the state of New York is massive. So do you shut down the entire state or for, for that section? Or do you, you know, you don't cut your whole arm off because you have a hangnail, right? And that's what they want to do. Right. You know, New York has 55% of all the cases of the virus in the United States. In comparison, Florida, it's really limited uh, to about three, four, maybe five counties total. Uh, so you have to, just as you said, put it in perspective, and you have to address it at that, at that from that standpoint rather than uh, it's a one-size-fits-all. It's a major epidemic across the country. Well, not only that, but the numbers are being revised down. Right. So I think the number I think they came from Oxford, uh, University of Oxford, massive, like 20 million, just millions and millions and millions of people. And now those numbers are being revised down. So wherever they got their information, it's it's an it's the worst case scenario estimate. And that's not, you know, on one sense, in one sense, you've got to say, okay, well, we have to prepare for the worst, but you don't shut down the entire you know, we'll be talking more about this, but you don't shut everything down. One, one real, real key thing that I want to focus on, and this is attributed to the media, there, the U.S., uh, because of population and size, we do have the largest number of cases, but we have the lowest death rate of any country in the world, and the, and the media is not focusing on that. And that's attributed to the great medical um, capability that we have in America to, to treat cases and you know, we're on the leading cutting edge, so to speak, of uh, working towards a cure and treating people who have it. And so that's that's contributing to our low death rate. Exactly. And I just want to uh, tell everybody, Colonel Warshick also has also writes for America dot com. So you can check his articles out there as well. 
And again, make sure you connect with me on Twitter, which is at Talks America. For some reason or another, they didn't let me write the whole Brook Talks America, but what can you do? And email at brooktalksamerica at gmail.com. And we'll be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. If winning the battle for America's soul and preserving liberty is important to you, tune in for Brook Talks America, Saturday nights at 7. Brook Talks America, with political insight and culture from the conservative perspective. From hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America. Conservative activist, patriot, writer, publisher, and advisor, Brooke says, we'll be talking about it. Don't miss Brooke Talks America, Saturday night at 7 on AM 860. The answer. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect on Twitter at Brooke underscore says one. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America on AM 860 The Answer. I'm here with my host, Colonel Jim. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Talks America and email at brooktalksamerica at gmail.com. And speaking of which, Jim, you mentioned about New York. You know, Cuomo, even though even though Cuomo and, and is working with Trump, he's also blasting him. But they had money. Both both he and de Blasio, they did they failed. The Obama administration failed to recoup after the swine flu with the supplies that they needed. Okay, so Trump is right when he says he inherited a broken system. Of course, the media, again, I mean, I know it's going to be redundant, but we have to say it. The media is treating this completely differently. It's, it, they, they treated the swine flu issue. They already had 1,300 deaths, and it was six months before Obama even declared it a national emergency. So we have to put that up front. Whenever we're discussing anything, the media treats it completely different. I'm going to get into the media in a, in a big way <laughs> in a minute. But just remember that the media will always tell you the very, very worst about Trump and about Republicans in general, but particularly about Trump. So Cuomo had money, spent the money instead of spending the money on ventilators. He spent it on some Green New Deal uh, or climate change thing. And de Blasio didn't spend the money on masks. Right. So they are in a situation where they were not prepared and they're blaming it on Trump. Exactly. And and the media, as you mentioned, is the first to take that message uh, and put it out of context, even even if Trump is correct. And in fact, in this situation, uh, when de Blasio and Cuomo, specifically Cuomo, criticized the president for doing what he's doing, the president came back and said, here's the facts. Uh, you fail to replenish your supply of ventilators and masks and whatever else um, both New York and New York City uh, needed. And so the president was right, but the media spun it totally opposite from what it was. And that creates – that's part of the effort on the part of the media to create panic, to create hype in the situation uh, that gets people riled up. And you know we see the results of that. Uh, and, and you pointed out very well when you talked about um, the swine flu, we didn't have a panic and we didn't have 
the insane things happening where people were hoarding uh, needed needed um, you know household products and supplies and food and everything like toilet paper. Um, that never happened. It's it's all because of the media because the media um, uh, grabbed onto that story and it proliferated and it is now it's it's even a brunt of jokes and everybody knows there's there's lots of uh, memes on social media and there's all kinds of, of uh, commentary and jokes and things made but it it created the problems that we are having and we we shouldn't have that because. Uh, the flu has no, no, no direct effect on the need for toilet paper, but people have taken taken it to the to the nth degree, and it's all paper products just about now. Coffee filters, paper towels, Kleenex, everything, and that creates problems for everybody else. It's true. I it, please message me if you have figured out what the hype is about toilet paper. I don't get it. I mean, I think. I, I heard about it early on, and it was like this scare that happened. And then they, there was a reverse scare, which is the toilet paper had coronavirus So because people were trying to stop the hoarding. If you know what the hoarding is about, please let me know because I don't understand it. But, Jim, you mentioned, and this is absolutely true, and, again, as I said, we are going to get – the media will get its due uh, at this on this broadcast today for sure. But Dr. Bricks – Burks, sorry – she mentioned that the media is frightening people to death. And it's like, you have to be concerned. But as you mentioned, Jim, with the swine flu, I remember when I first heard that the NBA had shut down. And I think they were the first. I'm, I could be uh, missing that. But the first. And then the rest of them sh started shutting down. And all I could think of was swine flu had killed more people. And ultimately, 60 million American people got it. Right. And they did nothing of the sort. There's a, you know, I have to say personally, even though this is a legitimate medical issue and I'm not just I'm not dismissing that part of it, but there is something about this with the media that has such a Kavanaugh feeling about it. It's like every other thing. They have a situation, they create a crisis, and then they just keep hitting Trump. And it's over and over and over. It is like Groundhog Day. And this, when all is said and done on this situation, I think that there is a part of it. People, you know, you have mentioned this before when we talked off air, that when people realize the numbers and the estimates, in fact, were not as big as they thought, and when those numbers are revised and people find out they're going to be furious that they were, you know, for lack of a better term, hyped. You know, I won't say hoaxed because people will lose their minds, but hyped over it to some degree. You know, obviously we are not at the tail end. It's still happening. You know, very legitimate situation. I mean, but in New York City, they the, the Democrats have been pushing all over the country for ur mass urbanization. New York City is a prime example of what happens in mass urbanization. You have people on top of each other. Of course, they're going to get sick. They're like, you know, they're they're like, um, you know, oh my God, what do you call it? The, no. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> no, um, you, that's exactly right. And in fact, okay. sardines. At the same time, because of this, uh, we're seeing this 
massive across the country, uh, state and countywide efforts to do all types of things. And it's almost as if it's, it's, it's the impetus for anybody who believes in totalitarianism and, and rule over the, over, uh, the surf, so to speak, is what's happening. You know, we live in Florida and we're seeing countywide kind of things happening where it's totally uh, ridiculous. And it's really, in the end, uh, hurting the economy. And it's going to be a lo- probably sometime after this is, is over where we go back and do the analysis and determine, was it the treatment and what we did to uh, curtail it? Or was it the social distancing that really prevented it? You know, it's it's going to be interesting to find out. But the big thing, as as you said, is people are coming to the realization they're going to find out at the end some of the things that were were done that didn't need to be done. And that's what's going to be angry because of the impact, first and foremost, on the ability to uh, feed your family, put food on the table, which is a term I always hate hearing people say, the ability to put food on your table. It's it's the ability to work. How you spend your money and what you do is, is your own individual right. It has nothing to do with uh, the, way the way the political left spins it. But, you know, look what's happening to the economy. Look what's happening to the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry that's being devastated by this. Um, the 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 assistance that's coming forth should they sign this bill that makes it happen in an effective and efficient manner you know we'll, we'll find out uh but i think the hype as we've been talking about and and the uh um the panic is really going to be the big crux of the problem that really impacted everything well it's true and you know as i said as I said before, it, it feels a little bit like Kavanaugh because, as Rahm Emanuel said, if you don't know this, you need to look it up. As Rahm Emanuel, not you, Jim, <laughs> but the audience, as Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. And actually, Jim Clyburn said that with regard to this incident is that it gives him, to paraphrase, it gives them an opportunity to move our agenda forward. So we're going to get into talking about the the, the bill and what what happened what, what what it was originally and then what it has ended up to be changed to thankfully with some f- finally the Republicans are fighting back they're learning slowly but thankfully to fight back like President Trump does but I just want to mention something now this could be the biggest coincidence ever or it could be deliberate but SEIU, the uh, SEIU is the biggest union in the world, found magically 39 million masks this week. After, they said after five days. Well, guess what's happened in the last few days is that the DOJ came out and said, if you're hoarding supplies related to the coronavirus, we're going to come after you. You can expect a knock on your door. And isn't it interesting? They magically appeared. Guess who the SEIU is? It's the biggest far-left DNC-donating Democrat organization, both in the country and the world. They're the ones that do those protests, indeed riots, WTO stuff. They do all of that. So I find it very interesting. I'm not going to, you know, say conspiracy, even though I'm personally questioning it, but I do find it very interesting. Obviously, Someone in the SEIU, which is really 
the biggest um, labor union in the country because they provide uh, labor services for federal employees and government employees across the country. That's why it's so big. You always have to wonder, why does the government need a labor union? That's kind of an oxymoron that that would even be the case since the government is the organization that makes the laws to protect workers. Why do you need your own labor union? So the DOJ, as you said, uh, said they're going to prosecute anyone who is caught hoarding, and then all of a sudden the SEIU goes and says, oh, yeah, we found all these these masks. They obviously knew, and that's the way I'll say it. They knew, and they said, we better we better report it now before something happens. Absolutely. You can, if, if you have proof to the opposite, send it to me, but I'm going to, that's my position, and I'm sticking to it. You are on Brook Talks America on AM 860, The Answer. I'm here with my host, co-host, Colonel Jim. Contact me on Twitter at TalksAmerica or email on brooktalksamerica at gmail.com. And we'll be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. If winning the battle for America's soul and preserving liberty is important to you, tune in for Brook Talks America, Saturday nights at 7. Brook Talks America with political insight and culture from the conservative perspective. From hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America. Conservative activist, patriot, writer, publisher, and advisor, Brooke says we'll be talking about it. Don't miss Brooke Talks America, Saturday night at 7 on AM 860. The Answer. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email. Brooke with an E says one at gmail.com. Here's Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America on AM860 The Answer. I am your host, Brooke says, and I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. Just a reminder to connect with me on Twitter at Talks America and email BrookeTalksAmerica at gmail.com. And you can find both of our articles on AmericaOutloud.com. So, no conversation about this coronavirus or basically anything else about life in America would be complete without talking about the media. They have completely lost their minds, so any opportunity to hit Trump is like Christmas Day, right? It's Christmas Day, Easter, Fourth of July, and Thanksgiving all rolled into one, right? Now, it's they. as I mentioned before, I... It feels very Kavanaugh and Covington-ish, the way that they're doing things. They think that this is going to be a way to hit Trump. You know, even though he's doing really, really well, the there's 60% of Americans think he's handling the coronavirus well. 90, I heard this on Larry Elder's show yesterday. 95% of Americans think that he was completely right to shut down travel to China, which he did 10 days after he found out in January of the first case in America, right? What it, what was he called at that time? What he's always called, racist, right? We will have, in the end, less cases and less catastrophe because of that one decision, okay? But they will not stop, just like they don't stop with anything else. It was Russia collusion, Mueller, stormy, 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 every other thing, and now it's the opportunity. They really think that this is going to be the one that does it, right? Especially, and again, my personal opinion, Jim mentioned it, is 
there's a, there's a, a sort of secondary reason for shutting down the government. I don't agree with shutting down the entire state, the entire county necessarily, but they've done it in many places, right? And it's crippling the economy already. We're going to talk about the deal that's coming that they've put together, but it's absolutely crippling the economy. So as I mentioned before, it's 3.3 million unemployment in like one day, right? One of the industries that's getting devastated, by the way, is the is the restaurant and hospitality industry. And and if you want to, you know, support local businesses, that would be one of the best ways to do it. They're open. Some other businesses are not open. I spoke with, I was in the restaurant where I go to get my coffee every day. They're the nicest people, you know, and they work really hard. It's always really packed. And now it's virtually shut down. I mean, they do a little bit of takeout business, but their particular, you know, some other businesses are doing really well. Mission Barbecue in our in our area is doing really really well with takeout, but this particular business is not doing very well, and other businesses are not. So it's kind of a catch as catch can. But um, you know, it's really sad. Very nice people are getting losing their jobs and possibly their businesses because of this. You know, the the um, the recession that's coming that Bill Maher is so happy about, but about the media, right? So the media has been basically gleeful. You can tell, I'm sorry. You watch MSNBC. I mean, Nicole Wallace has a smile from ear to ear talking about this. Oh, this could be Trump's Katrina. This could be Trump's Katrina. They actually said that because they want that. Now, if you're listening and you say, how can you say they want it? How, I say, how can you say they don't, Right. By any means necessary means just what it says. It's by any means necessary. They want Trump out, and I'm I'm gonna say you know I want to I'm I'm a fair opportunity I'm, I'm an equal opportunity offender and criticizer, and I just want to make sure this is not this got about a minute's worth of attention, but I'm absolutely completely infuriated about the what we found out about the stock dumping it was at this point we only know about four i'm not i would not be at all surprised to see if there were more but the three republicans richard burr kelly loffler and jim inhoff and the democrat diane feinstein had a classified briefing where they found out about the potentially devastating effects of this richard burr is on tape saying that it could potentially be as bad as the swine flu, um, not the swine flu, the, um, the Spanish flu of 19, the early 1900s. Now, he is a never Trumper, so he doesn't like Trump anyways. And if he would go out, you know, he wouldn't be so ha unhappy if something were to happen to Trump politically as a result of this. But all of them are absolutely despicable. The Senate is probably never going to investigate them, even though they say, they'll probably say they will investigate them. But I really hope the DOJ, so many things will come out of this and we will talk about them. But that has to be our elected officials. We have to have trust in them. We have to have trust in the institutions. And this is absolutely unacceptable. They need to be investigated by the DOJ. Removed. They should all, all four of them should step down right now. I'm sorry. If you knew about that and you didn't tell anybody and you crashed, you, you allowed the market to crash on that information, you should step down at the least pending, suspended, and then be investigated and possibly prosecuted. Yeah, Jim. That's exactly, that's exactly right. This, this is, a, is, a, is, a, is a crime 
regardless wherever you are, if you work in the private sector and you have inside information, it's known as insider trading, and you use it uh, to the detriment of others, it's a crime. Martha Stewart went to prison for that. She was a well-known, uh, you know, TV uh, and 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 uh, you know, house household cooking and everything. Housewares had a big market across the United States, and she went to jail for insider trading. Uh, when you are a elected official and you have access to highly classified information, as the people who uh, Brooke just indicated, they should be should be investigated and charged, and it should be the DOJ. It shouldn't be the Senate who investigates them. The Senate should be able to just say, uh, you conducted yourself uh, to the embarrassment of the Senate, and the Senate should take action and say, okay, uh, you, you probably should step down and be, and be removed. But they still need to be charged uh, with with a, with a crime, and if it's a, if it's a uh, felony, and I believe it is, and they they should be charged with that. This this is serious stuff. And 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 you're right in that this this is just the tip of the iceberg. We have no idea how many others have yet done that. And uh, I I pray that we find out because this is the kind of corruption, the the kind of stuff that President Trump ran on and got elected on is to clean up the swamp. And when you're using your position to benefit yourself, uh, it's it's time for that to end. No, for sure. And, you know, they make laws that they don't have to live by. They have insider trading laws that exempt Congress. You know, between this, all of this stuff has to be exposed. It is being exposed, actually. It is being exposed. But it, it's, it's, you know, part of draining the swamp is flushing it out, right? You have to, you have to disrupt. If you have water, brackish water, you, you know, you have a, a lake, you bring the sludge up from the bottom and it makes the water brackish. That way you can see it and you can get rid of it. So that's, that analogy is the same thing with the swamp. It's being exposed and it needs to be dealt with. I pray that uh, Barr actually does something about that. But back to the media issue is that they they have completely lost their mind and they're doing anything to hit Trump, but it's not working, right? Uh, Dana Bash was on TV the other day and, and she actually had said at one point, which I'm surprised she didn't get fired for it. She actually said on that on one day that Trump was the leader that America needed. And now she was out there yesterday. She was saying that she she doesn't understand no matter what they do, his numbers still stay the same or they're actually going up. Right. And Maddow, as I mentioned, said he wasn't. He wasn't there. She was complaining that he wasn't there. Then she's complaining that he's there. And now they don't even want to cover it. And what makes me really mad, and we're going to get into this in a minute about the bill, <laughs> the um, the bill of the two trill, is NPR doesn't want to cover the coronavirus task force briefings. They get taxpayer funded. How can they say they're not going to cover it? We're paying for them to be on the air. Right. And for a government-sponsored, hosted, funded uh, radio network and, and, and TV network, um, all their employees are already going to be covered by the uh, portion of the bill that provides for that. And so you have to wonder, uh, what, what do they need the money for? They're not changing their programming. They're not doing whatever it is they're going to do. 
It's the typical Washington elitist mindset that NPR is is working off of. And the Democrats see that there's an opportunity for them to hand out money to organizations like NPR that, as you said, refuse to cover the presidential uh, White House briefing daily briefings on the on the issue, and and that that should be made an exception of they they should that should be called out, and that should be investigated too. Why is that happening? What's what is the reason why extra taxpayer money is being put forth to that? That's that's criminal in and of itself. There's there's no need for it. They already get money, so this is basically extra money. Well, that's my point. Well, that's my point. Yeah. They're already funded. And their employees are going to be covered on, by by the unemployment and other aspects of the bill that have already been approved by the Senate. We don't need to give them any extra money. Um, business is business, and and if you're incapable of running your your organization that is a government organization, then those who are running it need to be removed. And and those in Congress who are who are using it as a whether it's a slush fund or they're they're using it to push an agenda and they're using taxpayer dollars to do it that that needs to stop you know this is the kind of this is the reason that I always talk about is this is why we need a line item veto for the president so when a bill comes to his desk he can look at it he can have uh, his economists and other experts review it and say no we don't need to do it it's already covered in another bill or in another law that 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 is would be the, the greatest godsend that would come out of this tragedy uh, for the president to do that. We will talk about that on the other side. We'll be right back. More Broke Talks America coming up. If winning the battle for America's soul and preserving liberty is important to you, tune in for Brook Talks America, Saturday nights at 7. Brook Talks America with political insight and culture from the conservative perspective. From hot topics to history, you can be sure if it's happening in America. Conservative activist, patriot, writer, publisher, and advisor, Brooke says we'll be talking about it. Don't miss Brooke Talks America, Saturday night at 7 on AM 860. The Answer. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at AmericaOutloud.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I am your host, Brooke Says. We are on AM 860, The Answer, and I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. Remember to connect with me on Twitter. It's at Talks America, or you can email me. Try to be nice. BrookeTalksAmerica at gmail.com. And if you'd like to partner with uh, and support the show, please email me that as well. So we have to talk about the um, the bill, right? The bill, the two trill bill. Thankfully, it appears that despite some of the complete insanity that the Dem- that Pelosi, really probably supporting her far left squad flank, was going to put in there, unbelievable insanity. Right. She wanted money for abortion. She wanted to make Planned Parenthood have a small business exemption. You know, they they just don't stop loving abortion. I mean, the abortion doesn't stop. And by the way, America, 
while your entire country is shut down, right, if you can't go here to there, is your Planned Parenthood shut down? You might want to check that out because when everything else is shut down, I wonder if the abortion stopped. But that's a separate issue. So they wanted all this stuff in their Green New Deal stuff, diversity on corporate boards, you know, so, uh, same-day voting, right? Obama phones. Oh, my God, they wanted to bring back Obama phones. Really? So thankfully, the Republicans uh, fought back against some of that, and some of the craziness is not there. They did give, as, as you mentioned, Jim, they gave the, um, the money for the Kennedy Center. They gave money, extra money for NPR. They cut down the Kennedy Center. You know, some of the, the NEA, the arts were affected. The arts have been affected. That's legit. They already got money, though. So they're basically giving extra money. So, and wouldn't you know it, and I swear I can, I know that this is Comrade Cortez. They, Congress gave themselves $25 million extra pay raise. Enjoy your workday, minions. You don't get a pay raise. They get a pay raise, but you, get, you don't get a pay raise. So they get exempted from insider trading. And they get a pay raise. It's good to be a government employee. Anyways, um, so that is that about that. And I will say that the when all is said and done, it already is, but Trump will be proven right, right? The world is finding out that having all of your eggs in the basket of China is not a good deal, or any country for that matter. But if you think about having all of your eggs in the basket of a communist dictatorship like China not a good deal. We have 95% of, 97% of all of our drugs manufactured in China. I guarantee you the average American did not know about that. They're finding out now. So all, and the components, it's not just the final product, it's the components. Every iPhone, all of your tchotchke stuff, all of the stuff in Target, Apple, your computers and everything. This is a wake up call America and the world. Political correctness has to stop. We have to be realistic. We have to bring manufacturing back. If you're going to have, you know, the unions really destroyed the manufacturing in part because they had unrealistic, you know, uh, payment plans. So that's one of the things that has to be has to be revisited on here. And I think it really will. The Republicans have put forth a bill on that. And Trump is basically proven right once again. And that's that's exactly right. And one of the things, as you touched on, is the fact that uh, the industry that's in China, well, do you realize that as we're speaking, many of the multinational corporations are really under fear over what's going on in China, not with the, not just with the virus itself, but some of the uh, Chinese governmental um, mandates and rulings uh China's having a really hard time with a lot of things internally in the country with regard to uh, economics, with regard to uh, trade, and many multinational corporations are now using this as an impetus to come back to the United States. And all that is because Trump has welcomed them to come back and start their businesses back here in America away from when they left years and years ago to go to China. So, you know, this may be some a silver lining in there for what President Trump is talking about, bringing jobs back to America. Yep, and that's what he campaigned on, right? Exactly the, right. Trump was the loudest voice and really the only voice that would have ever done that. And I tell you right now, he's going to get that money back. He's going to punish China in some kind of way and get that money back. As we wrap up, I want to ask you to 
America to pray for all of the workers that are now laid off and struggling, all of the people that had new hope that are now had their hopes dashed because of the economy has taken such a sudden and catastrophic turn. I believe it's going to be short-lived and it's going to come back. The business owners, the animals, you know, they're always the casualties in this. They're now at risk of surrender. The representatives of the citizens of the world, that they show some wisdom, hopefully. Pray for our president, vice president, and their team and our military, thank you, thank you to all of the truckers, farmers, nurses, medical personnel, first responders, store owners staying open, everyone, all the companies coming together. And as we end this inaugural show of Brook Talks America, which, by the way, is on AM860, The Answer, and connect with me on Twitter, at Talks America, and email brooktalksamerica at gmail.com. I want to end this with the most beautiful example and rendition of the national anthem in my opinion ever done by the incomparable Whitney Houston this was in 1991 during the Super Bowl when we were in the Persian Gulf War and it is as timeless and beautiful now as ever and hopefully we will come together after all is said and done and I want this song to represent the unity that we had at the time and the unity that hopefully America can get to. And one of the things about Whitney is that she was not only the best singer, in my opinion, ever, she was also a great patriot. This song was just really moved the country at the time, but it after 9-11, she re-released it and donated the profits. So as we sign off, again, connect with me on the social media. Thank you. Colonel Jim for joining me and I leave you the beautiful incomprehensible Whitney Houston with our nation's beautiful anthem see you next time on Book Talks America on AM860 The Answer thanks
listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect with Brooke Says by email, Brooke with an E, says one at gmail.com. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.